Davidson, and I would like you to join me from here at Water of Life Church in Plano, Texas, as I minister the gospel, the death, burial, and resurrection of our Lord Jesus, which is the power of God. My Heavenly Father, I thank you. Open our ears that we can hear. Open our eyes that we could see. Open our hearts like you did for Lydia we can attend unto the things which are spoken. Turn us from darkness to light, from the power of Satan unto God. And Father, let us only see Jesus. Grant us a spirit of grace on this meeting. And I ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. We are basing these meetings on 1 Peter 3, 1 through 6. I'm not going to go there, but I am going to go to John 10, 35, because we will refer to it occasionally through today's program. And this is Jesus speaking. If you call them gods unto whom the word of God came, and then the next phrase, and the scripture cannot be broken. The scripture cannot be broken. Do you understand what that means? You can't change it. It won't fail. The Word of God cannot fail because it can't be broken. So you can trust in the Word of God. And it says in the Word of God that the whole earth will be destroyed, but the Word of God will still be there. So where's your trust going to be? It needs to be in the Word of God. Now, with that, turn with me to Hebrews 11.6. Every once in a while, we women even need a little kick in the skirt. Hebrews eleven six, But without faith, it is impossible to please him. And it's referring to God. For without faith, it is impossible. Do you see that word impossible? Without faith, it is impossible to please God. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder. Did you know that God would reward you for coming to him? Have you ever even considered that? That God, Jehovah in heaven, would reward you for coming to him? Not yell at you. Not hit you on the head with a stick. He would reward you. For we must believe that he is and he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. But without faith, it is impossible. Without faith, it is impossible. You know you can fill that church pew every Sunday for 50 years. And you didn't please God one day if you didn't use your faith. Can you believe that the scripture cannot be broken? If we want to please God, we have to use our faith. Oh, that is not easy sometimes. You know, it is so easy not to use your faith. It takes effort. And some of us are just downright lazy. We are just downright lazy. We will not use our faith. But you know what? If you don't use your faith, you don't please God. It is impossible except with faith to please God. With that, I want us to turn to Numbers 14. We're going to get a little tough. Numbers 14, verse 11. In this chapter, 
Moses sent out the 12 from one from each tribe to spy out the land. And the 12 come back. Oh, 10 of them. They come back and they say, oh, wow, this place is beautiful. Land flowing with milk and honey. But there's giants there. They're going to kill us. Moses sent out the spies and they come back with a bad report. Only two. Only two came back and said, the land's ours. God's with us. The whole group of Hebrews now is in fear and they want to go back to Egypt. The whole group gets scared. Now I want you to think about this. God had done 10 miracles in Egypt. 10 miracles. He turned the water into blood. He sent hail. He sent darkness. He sent lice. He sent flies. He sent frogs to get them out of Egypt. Not only that, the last one the angel of death came through Egypt and killed every firstborn child. The only ones that didn't lose the firstborn were the Hebrews with the blood on the door. Passover. Passed over them. Those were the miracles that God did for him. Then they leave Egypt. They get to the Red Sea. They got the Egyptian army coming down their back. And you know what God does? He opens up the Red Sea. And we're not talking the sea that's 10 feet across. We're talking about they think where they crossed was two miles. Two miles. Ever walk two miles? For two million plus Jews to walk across. They didn't walk one after another. They had to have walked a band wide. So this river wasn't just this wide. It had to be wide enough for two million people to get through during the night. Two million people God opens the sea and they cross through on dry land and not only that they get to the other side do you know that the whole time that those Jewish people were in the wilderness in the middle of the desert desert God fed them every day he caused water to come out of a rock ever try that and not only that because they're in the desert they have a cloud covering them Two million people have a cloud covering them every day so the sun doesn't beat down on them. They had all those miracles done for them, and now they want to go back. They're afraid. Let's read verse 11. And the Lord said to Moses, How long will this people provoke me? Provoke him. Why? And how long will they be ere they believe me? For all the signs which I have showed unto them. All the miracles God did for them. And they come to a place where it's tough. And they want to quit. And they want to run back home. And if God calls that provoking him. Now has God ever done anything for us? Has he ever done anything for you? Then why do we think the next time he won't? Then why do we think the next problem we got. He won't. Ouch. Turn to Hebrews 4. Verse 1. Let us therefore fear. That's the promise being left us of entering into his rest. And you know what the rest of God is? When God does everything you need. When God does all the miracles that you need to get through all the deals that you have to get through. That's entering into God's rest where he does the work and you stop. Being left us of entering into his rest, any of you should seem to come short of it. For unto us, unto us, was the gospel preached. You got that? 
Unto us. Now it's talking about us. Unto us was the gospel preached. Was the gospel preached to you? If you have watched this program more than twice, the gospel's been preached to you. What is the gospel? 1 Corinthians 15, 3 and 4, so nobody gets confused here. The bona fide definition of the gospel is written in 1 Corinthians 15, 3 and 4, how that Jesus died according to the scriptures and that he was buried, that he was raised again according to the scriptures. There is your gospel that Jesus died for you, that Jesus was buried for you, that he was raised again for you, that God sent him to do that. That's the gospel. For unto us was the gospel preached as well as unto them. And he's talking about the Hebrews in the wilderness. Yes, the gospel was preached unto them. Moses preached it. And it did not profit them. Why? Not being mixed with faith in them that heard it. Not being mixed with faith. Do you know how many times I have heard people say to me, oh, that was just such a wonderful message. I loved listening to it. Did you start walking in it? Did not profit them that heard it. It's not enough that you hear it. It's not enough that it's a beautiful message, that it sounds good, that you feel the spirit in you. Did you walk it? Are you believing? Are you using your faith? It is impossible to please God except with faith. You can have our messages running 24-7, but if you don't use your faith, you're not pleasing God. Are you feeling the kick yet? If you are not believing the gospel, you are not pleasing God. You must use your faith. You have to use it. I don't want to use it. You have to use it. I have heard people say, well, I don't know why, but God doesn't want me to have this. Don't ever say that in my presence. You will get kicked. 2 Corinthians 1, verse 17. When I was therefore thus minded, and this is Paul speaking, did I use lightness? I'm not using lightness today. Or the things that I purpose, do I purpose according to the flesh, that with me there should be yea, yea, and nay, nay. Yes and no. Yes and no. And they say, well, God doesn't want me to have this. But as God is true, verse 18, our word towards you was not yea and nay, not yes and no. For the Son of God, Jesus Christ, who is in you, if you are born again, who is preached among you by us, even by me, and Silvanus and Timotheus, was not yea and nay, but in him was yes. In him was yes. There is no no in the gospel. There is no no in the gospel. It says it right here. So when you ask God for something in the gospel, he's not going to say no. There is no no. All the promises of God are yes and amen. Not just yes, amen. You know when you say amen, when you got it. Amen. All the promises of God are yes and 
and amen. All the promises. Not part of the promises. He gets that promise, but I don't get that one. That is a lie. You're listening to the devil. The word of God cannot be broken. If it says all the promises of God are yes and amen, then it means all the promises of God are yes and amen. All the promises. God is no respecter of persons. God is no respecter of persons. From the one-year-old to the hundred and one-year-old, God is no respecter of persons. Now, Isaiah 53, verse 4. Surely he has borne our griefs, the word of sicknesses, and carried our pains. Surely. He has borne our sicknesses and carried our pains. Did he carry your sicknesses and pains? Did he? And how can you say it's not for you? How can you say it won't work for you? How can you say it's not yours? All the promises of God are yes and amen. All the promises of God are yes and amen. It is impossible to please God except with faith. Some of us have got to shake our little tails, and get moving. All the promises of God are yes and amen. And right here it says, Surely, surely Jesus bore our sicknesses and carried our pains. We did esteem him stricken, smitten, stricken of God and afflicted, but he was wounded for our transgressions. He was wounded for our transgressions. Was he wounded for your transgressions or not? Was he wounded for your transgressions or not? Well, if he was, then you are forgiven if you use your faith. You have to use your faith, and you have to take this word, and you have to make it yours. You know how you do that? 1 Corinthians 15, Paul says we stand in the gospel. We stand in it. Jesus said the storm's going to come, but those that, are, that have their house built on the rock, the storm can't destroy the house. Why? Because it's standing on a rock. Oh, it promises the storm is coming. But you've got to stand. You've got to stand with your faith believing. No matter what it looks like. No matter how you feel. If I can just get into your heart, it has nothing to do with your feelings nothing. I went into the presence of God the other day and I said, I am here in your presence. And I don't care how I feel because it doesn't feel like I'm in your presence. But I'm here anyway. Why? Not because of my feelings, not because of my circumstance, not because of my heritage, but because of the blood of Jesus. I am standing in your presence only because of the blood of Jesus. Did I get what I wanted? Yes. Why? I used my faith, not my feelings. My feelings had no place around there at the moment. But I don't go by my feelings, and you shouldn't either. What do I go by? By the Word of God. By the Word of God. Five, but he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace, the punishment to get our prosperity, to get our security, to get our safety, all of that was put on the body of Jesus. Was it or was it not put on the body of Jesus? 
Was your poverty put on the body of Jesus or was it not? You need to believe it. You need to expect it. And you need to expect it until it comes to pass. Until it comes to pass. I have a beautiful testimony that goes right along with this. Back in 94, I was pregnant with child number four. I'd already had three. We decided again to use a midwife. I don't care if you use a midwife or a doctor. Obey God. I used both. Half on one, half on the other. But at this point, we were using a midwife. This is child number four. And if those of you that have had more than a couple kids, you know the first one, you know exactly how many hours you have been pregnant. And you know how many minutes it's going to be to your due date. Child number four, I knew he was coming sometime in July. I had the sign business then. He was coming. I knew eventually he was going to show up. So, you know, I couldn't tell you what the due date was. I don't remember. I didn't remember then. I visited with my midwife, and I was about, I think I was about two weeks out. We were talking about the birth and all that kind of stuff. Like I said, this is child number four. She didn't have to do a lot of things with me because I didn't need it. I knew how to do this. I had this game down. So she and I are talking, and she said, Kathy, you are two weeks away. I would like to go visit my family in a couple days. They were in another state. She said, I'm going to be there for a couple days. Do you think you'll be all right that I can go visit my family? She said I had two weeks out, so I said, sure. I don't feel like I'm eminent. In fact, there was still an issue. The baby in me was still breech. It's a couple weeks out, baby's breech. In other words, he wasn't ready to be born. That didn't bother me. I'd already turned another one around with my faith. I knew I had two weeks to work on this one. So I said, sure, go visit. I'll be fine. She said, well, if any emergency comes, uh, this was back in the day of pagers. We didn't have cell phones. She said, just, just page my number, but my assistant will have the pager. I said, okay. And I thought to myself, I'm not having this baby while she's gone because the midwife assistant just didn't have what my midwife had. My midwife had some faith. We had some fellowship. And I thought, nah, we're not going to do that. You know, we'll be fine. So she said she was leaving in two days. Three days later, I am awakened early in the morning in bed by my water breaking. I mean, we knew the water broke. And I got up, I woke up at my uh, husband, and I said, my water just broke. And I'm going through my head, now what do I do? I've got a midwife gone. When my water broke, the first thing I did was I felt where the baby was. The baby was still breech. Still breech. And you say, how do you know? This is child number four. I knew, I could feel he was still breech. And, and I knew there were some issues with, according to reg regulations, she could not help me birth the child if the child was more than two weeks out due date. That was regulation. She could not help me. So I was looking at the moment at going to a hospital, working with a doctor that I'd never met, and going to a hospital that don't like midwives. So I told my husband, go call the number, pager, because I wanted him out of the room. I sat on the edge of the bed. And I want you to hear me, because the situation did not look good. And I said, Father, I humble myself before you. I humble myself before you. I said, this does not look good. This looks like I am on my way to a hospital. I humble myself. If that is where you want me to go, I said, I don't want to go. But if that is where you want me to go, I will go. 
and I finished my prayer, and the phone rang. I picked it up. Now listen to what we've talked about today with faith, with Egypt. I picked up the phone, and it's my midwife, Rose. And she said, Kathy, what's up? I said, Rose, I thought you were in another state. She said, Kathy, I was packed last night, and God told me don't go. God told me don't go. I told my husband, I don't think we're supposed to go. And he said, if you don't think you're supposed to go, we won't go. You know what that was to me? That showed me God was with me. That gave me the first miracle. The first miracle. Now I had three more I had to get through. But do you think I was going to hesitate and not believe that if he's here in the first miracle, he's going to be here for the second? Do you hear me? If he's given you one miracle, you ride that baby till you got it in your arms. And I had three more miracles I needed to get through the day. But I knew God was with me when she told me that. And she said, I'm on my way. Oh, the first no, on the phone I said, Rose, can you even deliver me today? Like I said, I couldn't have even told you my due date. And she said, Kathy, let me get your file. And I heard rustling, rustling, and I, you know, she disappeared from it. She came back on the phone. She said, I can deliver you today. Miracle two. Are we going to start getting in fear that God's not with me? Are we going to start getting in fear that God's not going to finish the job he started? Did he start a job with you? Then he's going to finish it. Then he's going to finish it. It's not us. It's him. And the gospel has already been paid for. The gospel has already been done. If you got one, you got them all. You got them all. She shows up at the house. We talked for a little bit. She, you know, was pretty obvious. My water had broken. She said, all right, let me check you. So I let her check me. And then when she finished, she said, everything looks good. I said, Rose, this morning, he was still breached. I have never seen a woman turn white as a sheet as fast as she did. She did. She looked at me and she turned white as a sheet because she knew if that baby was breached, I was on my way to the hospital. She said, let me check you again. Was I going to quit? Was I going to trust that God had now left me? Was he going to finish the job that he started? She checked me again. She looked at me. I love the eyes. She looked at me. They were sparkling. She said, Kathy, his head's down. His head's down. Do you know between the time that that water broke and the time that she checked me, somehow that baby turned around? And you say, oh, no, you missed it. Oh, I didn't miss it. I know a head when I feel one. I know a head from a rear end when I feel one. He turned. Now, you think that's all we're smooth sailing? Oh, no, things got worse. Things got worse. Now, my labor won't start. Oh, I had a couple of little contractions. My labor wouldn't start. With a midwife, those days, regulation, you have 12 hours. If that baby doesn't come in 12 hours, if your labor is not started in 12 hours, you go to the hospital because they're afraid of infection because of the water breaking. So we are working through the day. We already had three miracles, and we can't seem to get the fourth one done. And it's getting later. And it's getting later. And she suggested this, and she suggested that, and she suggested this. I did some of them, and some of them I said, oh, no, we ain't doing that. The hours were getting late. 
She finally came to me and she said, Kathy, as my assistant and I are going to get in our van and we're going to go down the street and we're going to park in the school parking lot and we're going to let you do what you need to do to get your labor started. She said, you need to pray. I said, I know, I've been praying all day, but I needed to pray. So I went into the bedroom, husband went out back, and we started to pray. And do you know, I started praying in tongues. I knew God was with me. I was not going to let go of the miracles he had already done. I wasn't going to quit. I wasn't going to get right up to the end and quit. You can't. You can't. You know, there's a verse in Isaiah where God said, will I bring to the birth and not deliver? That's where I was. And I said that. Are you going to bring to the birth and not deliver? And you know what? I could tell you the moment, the moment I prayed through, the moment I knew, I knew I had it because I stood up and I went walking out and I met my husband who had broken through too. You hear that? You remember that? You remember those days? Broke in and we met each other in the hallway and I said, we've got it. It wasn't five minutes my labor started. My labor started. You know what? It wasn't a 12-hour labor. It wasn't even an hour. It wasn't even an hour. My labor, when it kicked in, it kicked in full throttle. Full throttle. She sat over on the couch. Her assistant sat next to her. They were quiet and they watched me believe God through that labor. You know God made us women to have babies. You don't have to be afraid. You believe the gospel. God's with you. And I tell you what, within an hour, an hour, at one point she said, my God, Kathy, why the hurry? I've been waiting all day. Within an hour, that baby was born, healthy, happy, and a little upset that he left his warm place, but he was born. If God has given you one miracle, you've got them all. The gospel is the gospel or it's not. You have to use your faith. It is impossible to please God except by faith. You must believe. You must put your faith in the gospel. And it's work, I know, but you must. You cannot please God except with faith. Now, do you want this? Do you want that power that once you got one miracle, you got it all? If you have a situation and he's given you the first miracle, don't you quit until you got that baby in your arms. It's there. You just have to stand. You have to stand. Now, if you want this, you must be born again. You must get the man that was raised from the dead in you. That's what being born again is, the spirit of Jesus in you. And how do you do that? It's a simple prayer. And you go to Jesus in prayer. Jesus, be Lord of my life. Come into my heart. Take me. Fix me. Guide me. And I ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for joining Kathy Davidson and the ministers of music from Water of Life Church. She would love to hear from you. 
you may reach her by email at kd at kdwol.com. Or you may write her at Kathy Davidson, Care of Water of Life Church, Post Office Box 861-327, Plano, Texas 75086. You may find her on the internet at www.kdwol.com and on Facebook and Twitter. Until next time, God bless. Thank you.